So uh, I'm going to, so today's message, a little different. Um, we're going to talk about a prayer that maybe you've all prayed before, uh, but with a different take. And so uh, the end of the family service or family series, we want people to be able to pray for their families, be able to engage in prayer. But sometimes we pray kind of with holy needs or holy wants or holy desires, and they're not necessarily God-inspired. Now, we all want our children blessed, our grandchildren blessed. We all want our spouses blessed, our homes blessed. I think that's good. Uh, father God wants you blessed. That's, uh, that's, that's point blank. Every good father wants his children blessed, okay? So God wants you blessed. But it becomes, it morphs into a little bit more than that as well. And so I'll try to explain uh, that as we go along. We're going to read a scripture that most people have known pretty well for the last 20 or 22 years because books have been written about it. Uh, but I think, and I'm not to, not to discard the, the author uh, of, of, the, of the secular books or the spiritual books inspired uh, by God, but I want to go to the meat of what I think maybe God is trying to show us through uh, this scripture. And so we're going to read, we'll pray, I'll talk a little bit, and then we'll, we'll examine it together. So let's go to First Chronicles, the fourth chapter, uh, verses 9 and 10. Uh, that needs to be bigger for me, Aaron. I can't see that. Um, now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Let's stop there for a second. Your, your name, and Janie did a great job a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, your, main, your name means something. Your name is important uh, to you. Your name is valuable to you. Your name is, is impactful uh, to you. And, and so uh, Jabez is named Jabez because his mom was hurting. It was painful. Uh, giving birth it can be quite painful. And this is why sometimes it's good to have the name picked out before you actually give birth. Because it's hard to tell what's coming out of mother's mouth at that point in time. And so uh, Jabez, his mother, bore him in pain. So this is why he's called Jabez. And, and it's, it's different, okay? And so we, we understand that. But because of that, there's a heavy weight on Jabez. There's like, there, this is something that he's got to endure his whole life. And maybe you've been, uh, you know, had a painful upbringing. Or maybe you have a painful past. You have to be careful not to carry that with you. You have to be, uh, you have to know that things happen, and if we allow and walk in Christ, then everything that happens to us will work out for God's good and God's glory at some point in time. But if we continue to bring that past up, we continue to bring that pain up, we continue to bring those, those things up in our life, then we were living in the past, and God wants us to live in the present and look for the future. So let's go to verse 10. And Jezebel called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So again, it, it, it bothers him. It, it weighs on Jabez. And maybe you've prayed this prayer. Books have been written about it for the last 20 or so years, and that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it's truth. We thank you that it's in love. We thank you that you bring correction and instruction and righteousness. We thank you that you, you care enough to give us your word. So let us walk in your word. Let us bless others by your word and keep us in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. 
So we're going to leave that up there. I'll read a couple other scriptures uh, as we navigate through today's message. But I want you to see that. I want you, because we pray this prayer and we know it is in God's word. I'll give you a little backstory. In 2 Kings, maybe around the 22nd chapter or so, Josiah is king. Josiah is a young king. He's growing into his role. He wants to rebuild a temple for the Lord. And while he's doing that, he's collecting offerings. He's getting, he's getting money so that he can pay the workers that are building the temple, much like we would try to do for the orphanage. We need to get money so that they can accomplish the work that God's called them to do. Uh, and so it works that way. So uh, Josiah, king, Josiah tells Sapha, uh, would you go count the money and make sure that we have enough to pay all of the workers that are building the temple? So Sapha goes down. He's gathering the money. He's counting the money. While he's counting the money in a chest that was in the back room somewhere, like maybe a storage closet or a storage room, he finds the book of the law. He finds the word of God. He finds what the scripture has been written to that point in time, and it's chronicled. That's the reason why we call it chronicles. The things are, the events are chronicled. So in the chronicles, he starts reading one night, mainly because he can't sleep. He, he starts looking at this book of the law, and it's much like the church today in this regard, that we have the most powerful entity, Jesus Christ, who's given us his most powerful entity, the word of God, and sometimes we're sitting on it. Sometimes we're, it's in a back room somewhere. Sometimes we, and that's metaphorically, but we put the word of God away rather than let it meditate on our heart, rather than let it build us up in the kingdom of God, rather than let us build us our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we understand these things and we navigate through them, it's just like Josiah was. The word was there all the time, and they had access to it. They just didn't use it. It's kind of like the church is today. Well, he, he gets the word of God, and it's chronicled. And here's kind of how Chronicles goes. So if you're familiar with Chronicles, a tough book to read for the most part, but going up a few verses before that, and Penuel fathered Gedor, and Ezer fathered Hus there were the sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathus, the father of Bethlehem, Ashur, the father of Tekoa, the two wives, Hela, Nara, Narabor, Ahuzam, Hefer, Timil, Halusherah. These are the sons of Nara. That's enough to put you to sleep. Are you with me? It's like if you put that on, kind of a slow ringing voice in the middle of the night, you're probably going to fall asleep. You get up and watch, you know, uh, a show or something, maybe it's going to wake you up. And so he's reading that. But then right in the middle of it, right where he's, all these names, then he's two verses, and then the names continue on, is what we call the prayer of Jabez. Jabez's mother bore him in pain, that's why he was. But now, now, now he says, bless me indeed, Lord. Keep your hand upon me. Protect me from evil. That may not, and, and he's going through this prayer. I think it was Bruce Wilkerson that, that wrote a, a book some 20, some years ago, and, and, he, and he tries to identify these blessings. And I would say it's good. It's a good book. I've read it, the Bible study. But I, I want to present to you today maybe a different take 
on this prayer of Jabez. Maybe a different, maybe it leans a little bit different way. Maybe this is really a New Testament prayer and we've never thought about it this way because we've prayed for that. And sometimes we get caught in this idea of bless me indeed. And I, and I don't think that's bad. Again, we want our kids blessed. We want our grandkids blessed. We want our church blessed. We want our community blessed. We want the people around us blessed. We, we want them blessed completely. We want them to have a good life, to have good relationships, to have good resources, good finances. We want all those good things in our life. But maybe Jabez is being used by God to present something to us as Christ followers in the 21st century that we've never thought of. And so in my prep time this week, not using anybody's notes, I thought, Lord, you show me. Show me what you want us to, to, to show Grace Church. Show us what, where we're at today. And so he took me to the Beatitudes. And I thought, well, that's cool because Jabez is saying, bless me indeed. And Jesus is saying how we can be blessed. And the word bless here means supernatural happiness. And so how many really wants to be supernaturally happy? I mean, it's important, right? I mean, I want to be happy. I, I, it's hard. It's hard to be disgruntled. It's hard. Like I look at, I look at the people in the front row, Jamie. I look at, at Jake. I look at, at, at OJ, and I look at their spouses. I look at their families, and for the most part, generally happy people. Like I'm glad there's not disgruntled people on the front row. Just man, like a man, Evie. Like uh. I've had that before. I've had people taking notes before that just. Only, only wrote down bad things I said or, or misinterpreted things I said. Pastor, you said this. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. And Janie said, don't let them bother you. Now, this was years ago. Nobody's like that today. At least I don't get those emails. Maybe there are, but they don't, they don't, they don't filter down to me. It's, it's good to be around happy people. So this is about supernatural happiness. And he says, bless me indeed. I'm thinking, if that's what that word means, then I need to know what this word means in the, in the New Testament where Jesus talks about the beatitude, and you know them, but I'll read them really quickly. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking if this is supernatural happiness, maybe I don't want any. Because Jesus here is talking about mourning. He's talking about persecution. He's talking about being a peacemaker. He's talking about a lot of the things that maybe the church just isn't doing right now. And if this is being blessed, and Jabez is saying, bless me indeed, it's all about these holy wants and these holy needs and these holy things that fill me up. But I think God is telling us today through his son Jesus Christ and through the word of God that it's not an inward prayer, it's more of an outward prayer. That he wants, us, he wants us to speak this. See, in the Old Testament, we have God the Father, we have God the Son, Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit, all right? And then God would pick out a prophet to send his word to the nations, mainly, mainly the nation of Israel. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all right? And then prophet and then his word. 
And his word would go out, and this would be, thus saith the Lord. And then when Jesus walked on the earth, he represented God because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. If you know me, you know the Father. So Jesus represented God the Father. Then Jesus walked on the earth, right? And then he walked in the fullness according to Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. He walked in the fullness of the Spirit. And so really he was all three in one on the earth, plus he was the word made flesh and dwelt among us, moved into our neighborhood according to Eugene Peterson. So now he's all four on, on the earth, okay? So he's everything. He's that prophet. He's speaking the good news. But then when he ascended into heaven, he said, I must go, but if I go, I'm going to send the comforter for you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Paraclete, one to walk alongside. Dunamis, one filled with power. And so we have this power that we have. So then it looks like this, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and then the church, because the, the church was birthed out of the issuing of the Holy Spirit. And I'll explain why in a second. And then we have God's Word. So the church isn't better than God's Word. It's just in the New Testament theology, it's before God's Word, okay? And so the church, our duty is to bring life-giving Word to people in our community, in our workplaces, in our families. And so it's important important for us to understand that for me to do my part, I need to bring the living word of God to people, not just the pastor, not just a preacher. We were, Janie and I were driving down a road the other day, and uh, we saw some people that we kind of casually know, and they had a friend with them, and before the friend got too out of control, the lady said, he's the preacher. And I said, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Oh, she said, it does. You're right. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you exactly what I think, whatever I'm thinking. And she went off. I said, oh, and we ended the conversation and moved on. Uh, but so, so sometimes you're identified by who you are, but we're all Christ followers. We all are children of the living God. And so when Jesus said he's sending the Holy Spirit, he said, and the Spirit will what? Make you speak in tongues, or the Spirit will have you do miracles, or the Spirit will cause you to be an elitist group, or the Spirit will cause you to not sin anymore. No, he said, and the Spirit will cause you to be witnesses. And so our witness is the love of Jesus Christ and our testimony, our, our sharing of good news. See, we want our past to be hidden, but I tell you today, some people need to hear your past. Some people need to hear your present. Some people need to hear what you've gone through because they're going through the same thing. And if we don't empathize with people that are going through the same thing, and we want to cover it up. No, I don't want people to know about that. That's shameful. or that's, We don't want to give the devil any glory. And I can understand that. I buy into it. But at the same time, we need to allow people to get into us so that we can get into them so that we can help free them. Because whom the sense that's free is what? Free indeed. And so it's important, church, that we share our witness, that we share our testimony. The true identification of the Spirit coming is the fact that we become a church that witnesses. It's not necessarily knocking on doors, although I'm a proponent of that. We've knocked on thousands of doors in Hickory, North Carolina, and the surrounding area. I've knocked on doors in Trinidad. I've witnessed the people in Alaska and the Bahamas. I know you feel bad for me. Wherever God sends me, I'll go. But we have to share the good news, right? We have to be witnesses. 
So the reason I say that is because God blesses us through this to bless others. And so if we look at the, if we look at the Beatitudes again, there's being poor in spirit. There's those who mourn. There's those who are meek. Those who, those who hunger for righteousness. There's those who are merciful. There's those who are pure in heart. There are peacemakers. There's those who are persecuted. And we think to ourselves, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know that there's many people that wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I just want to mourn today for you. Like, I just want to be sad. I just want to be heavy-hearted. No, we want to wake up, and we want that joy. We want that life-giving nature. I don't know if there's many people that wake up in the morning and say, I want to be persecuted for you today. Lord, just have somebody slap me around because I'm a Christian. Although in some countries that happens. They have to hide. They have to tear up. They don't have their, their iPhone. They don't have uh, the Bible on their, their app. They can't read it whenever, wherever they want. They have a page of the Bible tore out, and they read that same page every day, even though they've memorized it. They are being persecuted for kingdom's sake. But Jesus starts and ends the Beatitudes, at least by the power of the Holy Spirit. He starts and ends, and he says this, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think that's a part that we miss out on. I think we're missing out on kingdom mentality. I think we're missing out on kingdom activity. I think wherever Jesus was, the kingdom was there. In fact, Jesus told, I believe it was Pilate, this is not my kingdom. I'm not, this is not, my kingdom is in heaven. My kingdom is part of a, a, if I were to call uh, 10,000 legions of angels, I would have half a million angels show up. So there's about 6,000 numbered in a legion. And so if you look at that legion times 10,000 times 6,000, you have 600,000 or so, maybe 6 million angels showing up at Jesus' word, just like that. That's what his kingdom looks at. Yet he tells Peter, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. And if he's given his keys to the kingdom, why don't we access the kingdom? Because we're busy saying, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. But we're not busy saying, Lord, if you want me to mourn, I'll mourn. If you want me to be merciful, I'll be merciful. If you want me to be a peacemaker, I'll be a peacemaker. If you want me to be spiritually abundantly happy, and this is what it takes, this is what I'll do. And I think we have to introduce that to the church. Church, it's okay to say, God, whatever you want. Luke 137, all things are possible with God. God's in charge. He's in control. And if he's in charge and in control, then maybe what we're walking through is ordained by God, not even a trick of the enemy. So when we say, bless me indeed, my mind got carried away thinking, if Jesus is talking about everything that we do should go back to Jesus. Everything we do should go back to Jesus. Jesus supersedes everything. Word made flesh dwelt among us. And so if we're looking at bless me indeed, and I've prayed this prayer every day for the last six years, going on seven now. I think it was the summer of 2016, I, asked, I challenged people for, the whole month, uh, for three months, the whole summer, pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Pray Psalm 23 and pray the prayer of Jabez. Here, this is our challenge. And so for every day for the last, I guess, almost seven years, I've prayed those prayer. Every day. And I've prayed it with this in mind. Oh, Lord, bless me. I want, I want to be blessed, but I want my kids blessed. I want our church blessed. And I prayed it this way. And then the Lord's challenged me this week. Maybe you're praying it wrong. Maybe it's not about you, Mark. Maybe it's about my people. 
Maybe it's about your neighbors. Maybe it's about your coworkers, family members, and friends. Maybe it's about people that you come in contact with. And so then I start praying, and he, he stuck out, sure as can be, the first and the eighth one, for this is the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, John says, behold, the kingdom of heaven is here. And Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. And so wherever Jesus is, is the kingdom of heaven. We need to get kingdom access. We need to be more kingdom believers. The kingdom of heaven, Paul said, is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So now we're not, it's not tangible. I love my wife's cooking. She's an excellent cook, unbelievable, which is contrary to our very first meal together that she cooked was spaghetti. And her mom uh, was a proponent of throwing, I never, I, like I've read this before, I've never seen anybody actually do it, throwing spaghetti against the wall. And if it sticks, it's done, I guess. And Janie's never did stick. And then, you know, uh, homemade, well, the first time. The first time was a little rough. We went to Burger King. It was so bad. But I still married her. It wasn't about the food. Digging in a hole, aren't I? Maybe I should get out. Um, we won't talk about the dinner. It, you talk to me privately if you want to really know. I forget where I was even going with that. What was it? I can't hear you. Tangible, yeah. Oh, thank you. So it's tangible. Food is tangible. Food is, uh, this church is tangible. Things are tangible. It's not about food, meat, or drink. It's not about food. It's about the spiritual stuff, righteousness. What is, what's the word righteousness mean? Right ways, all right? What's, what's peace? Peace is if all hell is against you and you still have this perfect peace that passes all understanding that God leads you through, okay? What is joy? Joy, according to Nehemiah, is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So Paul is telling us in scriptures that this is not, this is, not, uh, this, this is not the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is not a nicer car, a nicer house, a fine meal. Those things are good. There's nothing wrong with that. Hear me on that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But the kingdom of heaven is, is doing things right, taking the high road. The kingdom of heaven is about walking in perfect peace, even when you get a bad doctor's report or, or, or you get a layoff notice. It's walking in perfect peace. It's about having the joy of the Lord, not being disgruntled, but walking in perfect peace and perfect joy. So the kingdom of heaven, when Jesus says he knocks at the door, he's allowing us in to his kingdom purposes. We have, we have to understand that. We'll, we'll do more studies on the kingdom, but I think we're missing out if we think the kingdom is about us, the kingdom is always about the Father. We're in his kingdom. He's not in ours. We make God in our image, but he's already made us in his image. We make God thinking what we think he is. We need to start getting on his wavelengths. It's, all things are possible with God. Can you shout amen? That's a good word there. So then he says... Enlarge my terror. So you would bless me indeed, all right? And then Janie, when she closes, she'll tell you a little bit about that indeed in the, in the things that we do the way that we do them. So I won't take that from her. And then enlarge my territory, okay? Again, praying this, I'm thinking God wants it. And I think it is a physical thing. I think if you own a business, work in a business, God wants you to think big. In fact, let's go to Isaiah 54 out of the Message Bible for a moment and read there. 
thing, O barren woman, who has never had a baby. This is metaphorically, by the way. Fill in the air with song. Who You who've never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground. In other words, he's saying, get ready. I think that is, again, it's a metaphorical statement, but it's declarative. If you have a business, if you have a family, you start praying big prayers over that family. You start praying big prayers over your business. You start believing God's going to move in ways that they've never seen before because God's on the throne. He wants to prove himself worthy. He's in charge. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread it out. Think big. Turn to somebody today and say, think big. Think big, church. Think big. You don't have to be in a normal trap every day that this is as good as it's going to get. Is this as good as my relationship? Is this as good as my finances? Is this as good as, as what God has for me? No, you need to think big. Enlarge my territory, God. Let me think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. And I would say that to Grace Church. Get ready. God is getting ready to pour something out on you. He's going to make you, he's going to make you involved in these things. He's going to, he's going to get you ready. He, he wants you to think big. He wants you to territory can be influenced. Spread out my influence, Lord. If he's looking for promoting you, if he's looking at, at blessing you, he's looking at moving you through some things, navigating you through things, think big. God is a big, big God. We put God in a box. God does not belong in a box. And so this is a territory thing right away. So now we're looking at, we're looking at our territory. We're looking at, well, God wants to enlarge my territory. Yes, he does. He wants to enlarge your business. He wants to enlarge your family. He wants you to enlarge things in your life. He wants to enlarge your influence. He wants to enlarge you so that you can be a, a, a person that God can not only bless, but he can use to bless other people. It's a territory thing. There, every king... Okay, every king that has a kingdom has to have territory, has to have subjects, and has to have a territory. And so you're in God's kingdom, you're a subject. You've been given certain authority. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you, then he has territory. His territory is not of this world. It owns this world. And so when Jesus says he's not of this world, he was of this kingdom, but he, his kingdom owns this kingdom. So everything in this kingdom is subject to God's kingdom. So we have to understand that when we pray. We have to understand that when we walk in God's goodness, that he owns those things, that he owns your past, he's forgiven it. He owns your debt, he's forgiven it. He owns your mindset, he's forgiven it. Now you're walking into a new kingdom where God says, all right, these are my children. You are, you are a child of the living God, and he owns everything. Give the Lord a shout of praise. He's worthy to be praised. So read it again, read it outward and not inward. God, this is your territory. This is your kingdom. Would you enlarge it? And if we're part of that enlarging, if you're part of that promotion, if you're part of that increase, if you're part of that favor, God will bless you and look upon you. Then the, the next thing he says then, and your hand would be with me. 
Now, this is protection. Now, every day of mine and Janie's married life, have I prayed a prayer that involved when we started having children, our children. Lord, would you build a hedge of protection on about them? Would you build a shield of favor over them? Would you order their steps and be their rear guard? Every single day. I, a day has not gone by where I've not prayed that prayer. And it's not a religious prayer. It's not a prayer of fear. It's a prayer of bold faith saying, God, I want you to protect them. They're, they're driving across country or they're coming back. They're looking at a new business deal or a new job. They're uh, in school or trying to educate themselves. They're trying to further their, their walk in life. They're, try, they're being God lovers and God followers. God, would you protect them? And so I understand what he's saying here, which you put your hand upon me because he was born in pain. And so he's causing pain, he thinks, to other people. And maybe you think you don't even deserve to walk on the face of the earth. Let me tell you what, you are God's chosen. God loves you more than anybody. He can't love you anymore. He doesn't love one person less. And so if he says, keep your hand upon me, there's got to be more to it. This is a hand of authority. Jesus, Paul says, sits at the right hand of the Father. He makes intercession for us. He's, he gives us the, the, John 1 and 12 says, for many of that have received him, he gives them the right, the power, the authority to be sons of God. The reason he doesn't say sons and daughters is because of the culture of the time, the son got the inheritance. So he's not excluding women. He's actually including women to say that your inheritance is every bit as much as inheritance as anybody else has. You have an inheritance with God the Father. And he opens doors for you into the kingdom. So this is another kingdom mindset, territory, kingdom mindset, blessing, kingdom mindset, authority, kingdom mindset, that your hand is upon me. You've given me authority. If they knight someone, they put a, a sword on them or their hand on their head, and there's an authority there. You've been given Christ-like authority to use Jesus' name for deliverance, for healing, for riches, for wealth, for whatever God calls you to do. You just have to walk in it. And if we walk in that authority, that would be given. Paul said that Peter and John gave him the right hand of fellowship. Jamie, come here for a second. Just let's shake hands. This is the right hand of fellowship. They didn't need contracts in that day. They didn't need you to oh, sign here, and my attorney will get me out of it. If I, if it, we're just going to sign, and all of a sudden we're in fellowship together. I, I'm your brother. You're my brother. You hurt, I hurt. You laugh, I laugh. You love, I love. We're in this together. That's the right hand of fellowship. They had the authority to preach the good news. Paul was accepted, and he shares that in the Scripture. You've been given the right hand of fellowship by Jesus Christ who sits on the throne. The kingdom of God is yours. So whatever Jabez meant by this prayer, all of a sudden we know in the New Testament there's a little bit more impact. There's a little bit more power. Wait a minute. I'm a son of the living God. He doesn't care what I did. He only cares where I'm going. He knows that I'm forgiven because he forgave me. He forgave you. He loves you. He calls you his own. This is an amazing part of this story. Jabez prays this simple prayer. It's dynamic. It's cute. Books have been written, lovely books, great books, made the authors millions of dollars. But I think what Jesus is trying to tell us is, wait a second, if you can abide by mourning, if you can abide by persecution, then you can be called blessed. If you can walk in the authority, if you can enlarge his territory, and then he says this one last thing, and he keep me from evil. 
Keep me from evil. We, we know it in the Lord's Prayer. That he, please keep us from evil. Keep us from temptation. Deliver, deliver us from evil. We know that this is true in Scripture, that evil does exist in the world, but that we're not necessarily part of it. There might be some fallen uh, things that happen to us. Maybe a disease comes upon us. Maybe a sickness. Maybe someone dies ahead of their scheduled time. That's part of the evil that exists in the world until it's all abolished. But we have access to the kingdom. And so when we look at things that are then evil, we understand that, wait a second, if I understand understand kingdom authority and kingdom principles, I'm not subject to that evil. Let's go to Revelations 12. One of my favorite verses, 7 through 12, says, Now a war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. I want to check this video out when I get to heaven. This is a story I want to see. Like, God, can you show me this war? Because this would have been dynamic. This would be something that Wes Anderson needs to make a movie on or some of these guys in, in Hollywood. Could, would you make this a movie? This has to be dynamic. But he was defeated. Who was the dragon? And there was no longer any place for him in heaven. But And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and what? The kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night. And they have conquered him. They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Leave that up there for a second. Listen, how do we conquer? Well, Jesus already did the blood work, right, which accesses you to the kingdom should you choose to walk in it. But then it's the word of our testimony, which is what I said earlier. Come on back, worship team. Which is what I said earlier when I talked about what's your witness, all right? So we, we love God, all right? We share people, we share Jesus with people, and then we share our, our witness. We share our testimony. Why do we share our testimony? Because somebody's going through what you came out of. And so now, here's the thing. The Lord showed me maybe a couple weeks ago, we need to protect our testimony. What does that look like? What does that mean? We need to protect our testimony to be able to share and show people our testimony so that we can let them know that they can overcome. The blood of the Lamb's already there. The blood of the Lamb will give us the Word of God. The Word of God gives us access to the kingdom. The kingdom is there so that we can share with people the love of Jesus Christ. And then he closes with this, God granted his request. Let me give you really quickly uh, before we sing this one last song. Five ways God gives you his answers to your prayer needs. The first one, no, <laughs> I love you too much. This is God speaking. No, I love you too much. I'm not going to answer that request. Two, yes but you'll have to wait. Some of you are in a waiting form right now. It's like, God, what are you going to do? What are you doing? You just continue to wait on the Lord. Three, yes, but not how or what you expect for me to answer it, but I'm going to answer it. It's just going to look a little bit different. Number four, yes, I'm going to answer that, and I'm going to give you more. And then number five, yes, I thought you'd never ask. This is God speaking. This is how he answers our request. And God answered the request of Jabez. 
Stand with me where you're at today, because I want to I want to talk to you for just a moment. We're going to sing the song Jaira, who is more than enough. He's 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 always enough. He's forever enough. Hear me, hear me, church. Hear me, Grace Church. Hear me, watching online. You have access to the kingdom of God. If you had access to the the finest spa. In, in, in the world, if you had access to the greatest vacation place, if you had access to the greatest restaurant, if you had access to the, to the greatest whatever medical field, doctors, whatever, the best schools, if you had access to all those things, but you never took advantage of it, it's not those entities' fault. It would be ours. It would be yours. It would be mine. We have access to God through Jesus, to the kingdom like to kingdom mentality, to kingdom beliefs, to, to kingdom activity, to super spiritual things that are taking place all around the globe with people who have less than what we have, but they have greater faith, greater belief system. So my prayer today, Grace Church, is that we access ourselves to the kingdom of God. Close your eyes for a second. If you're here today and you say, hey, pastor, I don't, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know Jesus at this point in time in my life. I want you to hang on to that for a second. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I, this is a little bit of a new concept. I, I want to walk through that access. I want to I get to know the king in his kingdom a little bit more. Or if you're here today and you say, man, I, I've been there. I've been in God's presence. I want to get back. If you're in one of those three things, just raise your hand this morning. Just say, yeah, I want, I want access to God. I need to walk in his kingdom. Thank you for those who are raising their hands right now. I want to pray for you. We're going we're gonna to sing. And while we sing this next song, I want you to ask the Lord, would you give me more of you? Lord, would you bless me with you? Would you bless me with your presence? Would you bless me with the things that you're calling me to do? Would you give me more influence for your kingdom? Father, I pray right now, and I ask you, Father, and Lord, for our church, for Grace Church, for those watching online, those that are here in-house, Father, would you allow us access to the kingdom of God? Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that we are thinking big in, in your territories and the things that you've, you've blessed us with and continue to bless us with. Lord, we, we pray for Grace Church that you would allow us influence and, Lord, activity, Father, in our communities of which we minister, maybe even future communities. Father, help us. Right now, I pray that you minister to each person right where they're at. Lord, to let them know wherever that in the kingdom they can, access, they can access more of you, Lord, and see greater works through you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Let's worship.
Yes, wasn't that a good word? I loved, I loved all of it. I love that, where he said that you would bless me. And sometimes I loved how he brought in the Beatitudes because it didn't sound like a lot of blessing going on if I'm suffering, if I'm sick, if I'm lonely, if I'm shameful, if I'm not good enough. All of those things that, that we've talked about that want to put labels on us. But he's saying that you bless me in those situations. When I'm going through tribulation, when I'm going through persecution, when I'm going through sorrow, when I'm going through a hard moment, he's saying, would you bless me in those moments? Because I need you right then to know that I'm not going through this alone, but I'm, you're with me and you're going to walk me through this. And I loved that. I just, I love that, bringing that new and that old together. I just, I thought that was so powerful. And then the, the part where he says that, that you would, um, stretch out your ropes you know if you're gonna if you're gonna build something and you're gonna put like the I got this in my mind I'm gonna build this business and this is what it's gonna look like well right here he's saying just build it a little bit bigger because I'm a big I'm a bigger God than you're thinking I am I'm gonna stretch it out just a little bit more make it a little bit of a bigger bigger pro program than you're thinking because he wants to enlarge our territory he wants to enlarge our thoughts our blessings our the things he has in store for us and we look at that and we say well God what well, can God do that you know can God do that is that able we would look at it and say what can't God do God can do everything our job is just to enlarge our faith and believe that he can because he will and that's just our job say I'm gonna I'm gonna believe just a little bit more I'm gonna let my faith I don't know how it's gonna work out but I know it will and that's our job. That Our job is to say, God, I'm expecting more than I can ask, think, or imagine. Amen? So that was so good. Um, if you were baptized on June 4th, we have certificates for you. And you'll meet Emily out there at the info booth right when you come around the corner. We want to get your certificates that you can remember the day and you can put it in a, an album. I don't know if they do albums anymore, but you can put it in a family Bible. You can put it somewhere that says, when was I baptized? When did the old man go down the drain and the new man came out fresh and new? I washed it away, Jesus said. And we just want to get you a date. So if you stop by there, Emily has certificates for you to um, to um, sign up with and don't forget next Sunday we're going to have a great time and we're just going to close and, and I'm just going to say a prayer but maybe today you came and you just said I just wish I could have somebody to agree with me in a word of prayer I'm just going through something that I just need somebody the Bible says if two or three would agree is touching anything then there I am to meet that need so we just never want to miss a moment. It might be nobody, but maybe you're here today and you just say, Janie, would you just pray with me this morning? Would you just take a moment and just agree with me that I'm going through this and I just need you to pray with me this morning. I'm going to be up front. Pastor will be here. We have prayer partners here. If you just have just anything, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, or you got a prayer for somebody else that you know is going through something and you just need you need prayer this morning. We're just going to take a moment as y'all leave and have an awesome time today. Um, we're just going to take a moment and never rush. Never rush the moment. And if it was your first time, stop by the info booth. Get your t-shirt or your mug. And um, we're so glad and happy that you chose to be with us today and look forward to getting to know you more. But um, we just never want to miss a moment when the Holy Spirit just puts on our heart. Hey, would you just pray with me? I wish, I just wish 
they would have opened altars so I could have just had a prayer. So we're going to do that. If there is, then we'll be here. If not, um, y'all have a blessed day and we love you. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you that you are more than enough. And Lord, we just ask that you would enlarge, enlarge our faith, enlarge our territory, enlarge our tent post. Just, Lord, that we would stretch out just a little bit more and believe for big things that you have for us. Let our faith grow. And we love you and we pray blessings over each and every person today. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all so much. Be blessed. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.